Hello and welcome to the Tebby podcast from the Evidence-Based Investor. I'm Robin Powell and this podcast is produced by Regis Media, a niche provider of educational and marketing content for financial advice and planning firms. On this episode, we're talking about financial education for children. Our guest is Will Rainey, a writer and speaker with a passion for helping parents teach their children about money. His website, bluetreesavings.com, has helped thousands of parents start talking to their kids about this hugely important aspect of life. Will has also just written a book for children, Grandpa's Fortune Fables. In a previous life, he was an award-winning investment consultant, advising some of the world's largest financial institutions on their long-term investment strategies. He's also an actuary. Anyone with an interest in financial literacy is going to find this episode fascinating. And I promise you, parents will take away some really valuable lessons. Here's my interview with Will Rainey. Will, welcome to uh, the Tebby podcast. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. Maybe you could start by saying how you uh, became interested in this whole area of, of, of teaching children about money. Yeah, well, so it started that in about 2019, I was still working as a full-time investment consulting, advising some of the world's largest institutions about what to do with their investments but decided that we were going to take some time off to spend with our two young daughters. So my wife and I were in Hong Kong and we decided to, to leave Hong Kong. We've moved to Vietnam where I am now. And whilst the kids, are, so the main prerogative was to just spend time with the kids. Um, but whilst we were here and the kids are at school, I wanted to have a kind of a project. And one of the kind of projects I wanted is to teach my kids about money because we have this fantastic opportunity to take time off for work to spend be with them and that's because we've been saving and investing and looking after our money for the longest time we wanted to instill that into our kids now i was kind of looking around to say who else is doing this and there's very few kind of resources out there so i thought well this is going to be my kind of niche <laughs> um there's some really good material out there for for young kids but not much for parents for parents who want to teach their kids so yeah that's where i, I thought right i'm going to come in there and teach my kids spend time with them use those as my guinea pigs and then try and help as many other families as possible. Tell me about Blue Tree Savings. Uh, how, how does that fit in? When I started, I wanted to have a platform to be able to teach kids, uh, well, teach parents how to teach their kids about money. And so I started a company called Blue Tree Savings and I called it Blue Tree Savings because I try and get all parents to get their children to think of money like seeds and they can give those seeds away and that's like spending or they can plant them and plant them that means kind of saving and investing and so i always said to my children uh, if you plant them they'll kind of grow and they'll grow into these kind of trees so kids can kind of visualize this kind of money growing and i want them to have, feel that they their goal is to grow this kind of forest and then to distinguish them from different trees i called them blue trees uh, so hopefully helping kids form and have this aspiration of having their own blue tree forest and saving for for the long term so and yeah and blue tree savings my platform has blogs and courses to help parents look at any kind of money subject and say right how can i learn this for myself but in such a simple way 
that I can then teach my kids about that. So whether that's just regular savings, about investing, about debt, scams, gambling, all these different topics that we're never taught as when we were growing up, to being able to teach it in such a way that they can teach their kids using analogies and stories. But tell me about the book you've written, Grandpa's Fortune Fables. How did you have the, the idea for this book? So as I mentioned, I've been writing these blogs, articles for the last two, two and a half years. And I wanted to find really engaging ways of getting parents and children to enjoy the subject of money. So I started writing these little mini stories about a particular money topic. Um, so whether that was, a, I did one about working working smart and I had these two farmers and it was a happy farmer, sad farmer, and they kind of have these different lives um, and kind of really got these characters and people can flip onto them. And the feedback was really, really positive from these different stories. And so after this period of time, I had a collection of them. And so I decided, right, I'm going to put these into a book or actually quite a few people said, have you got a book? You should write a book. <laughs> uh, so I, I tried to take all these little stories and, and put them together. Um, and that's where Grandpa's Fortune Fables came from. And so the book has this young girl who has uh, meets a new friend and she just tells her, her new friend about how she's looking after her money based on stories from her grandfather who went off to this faraway island and he has nothing but kind of learns the rules of wealth whilst he's there. And so you've got these different characters throughout the book, which children can kind of relate to. It's all done in kind of fun way. So it's not like a textbook. And so, so it's aimed at sort of seven to 13 year olds to read them by themselves. But a lot of parents are reading it with their, their children and even younger than that. And the parents are loving it as well. The parents are saying, oh, I've never been taught any of this. But like one of the chapters and one of the stories is about investing. And as we both know, that's just a subject that no one's really taught about and they have to go and proactively go and, and teach themselves. Exactly. And and from what I see, uh, Will, it's actually selling pretty well, isn't it? Yeah, no. So the feedback has been really positive and people have been buying a copy or reading a copy, then coming back and saying, look, I read it and I've now bought it for my nieces, my nephews and or uh, financial advisors are buying it for their clients because they were part of their families. And people are now starting to buy it for schools as well, which is fantastic. I'd love to have this book in as many school libraries as possible because it just tries to break away from, from some of that taboo. And because at the end of each chapter, it has like a discussion point. And so some schools are using that as a, a forum to get classrooms talking about money, which is, is so it's fantastic. As we both know that we need to break this taboo status that money has. You're targeting this sort of, you say, seven to 13 age range. Why is that such a critical age range, do you think? Um, I mean, we, we, we're, we're used to talking about um, uh, teenagers and, and financial education, uh, and, and I stress they're talking about it rather than actually getting on and <laughs> providing it. We, we, we hear less about um, financial education for children who are pre-teenage years, if you like. Why is that so important, that age range? Oh, it's incredibly important because that's when our, our brains are kind of forming like links and trying to, children are observing so much. And even we're not, if we're not talking to children about money, they're observing it. And one of the key pieces is if children kind of are never taught about money from a young age, all they're going to do is associate money with spending because they're going to see it. Okay. Uh, you go to the shops and money's been transacted. 
less so at the moment because of the cashless society we live in. But what children are forming is very strong habits of money spending, money spending, especially when children get given pocket money or tooth fairy money or birthday money. And adults will say to them, what are you going to go and buy with that money? So again, just a strong, strong association. And we know that these kind of links that happen in the, in the, in the brain are hard to change when they're adults. <laughs> and so what we need to do from a young age is teach children that there are these other uses of money and not just teach them that they need to think about saving or investing or giving to charity, for example, but we need to help them actually do that as well. And so we need to help our kids form different actions with money rather than just, just spending because what we learn and the habits that we form as children ultimately go into the, the behaviors and habits that we have as adults and that dictates our financial future. What are the practical steps that parents can be taking to he help their children uh, if they have children around that sort of age? Yeah, so the first one is just a just to talk to children about money. So using that analogy of, of money being like seeds is very, very powerful. It's very engaging and you get some great conversations out of it. But then the next bit is to say, you need to put this into action. And so the, the biggest piece of advice in terms of action is every time your child gets given some money from wherever, get them to save just a little bit of it. Even if it's just 10p out of every pound that they get, doesn't matter how small it is, just get them put it aside. And what that does is it just means they're getting into that habit. And so when they're adults, when they're saving, it's just what they do. That's always what they've always done, um, rather than just getting into funds. Because if they're just spending everything, and it's really powerful because for children, if they have a pound or 90p, it's not going to make a massive difference to what they, their, their utility or how happy they are. They still get to, to do that. But what they do see is that those 10p's add up over time. And especially if, and once they see those and see them have that patience to see money growing, and yeah, once you start to see money growing, as, as people who have saved and invested will see, it beca then becomes fun and addictive <laughs> and you want to save more and more and more. And we want to start that kind of process as early as possible. So yeah, every time children get some money, get them saved just a little bit. It's so powerful and so simple. And something you said earlier really struck a chord with me. You're talking about these seeds and you could either, you know, um, sow the seeds if you like plant them uh, uh, in terms of saving investing but but you could also um i, I can't remember the phrase you used but you could actually give them away you know you obviously uh, spend spend the money on on yourself but a really important point is to teach children um that actually you know they should be looking at sharing the the, the wealth that they're fortunate enough to 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 enjoy with 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 other people and needy people particularly and, and, and charitable causes it's so powerful in kind of three different ways one is it, a it's just given a massive benefit to the the time or money that they're giving to the people uh, in need but it does two other things one is it gives children this kind of sense that when we do give we actually get a huge positive happy feeling <laughs> when we do and and we need to get them to like that feeling and once they do that then they'll want to give more but the, the last one which i think is super super powerful is that we everyone gets into this mindset of we've got to compare ourselves to the joneses and that's the biggest kind of problem that we have and especially with, with social media and our children now comparing themselves not just to their 
their neighbors who are or friends who are in the same social economic group but the whole world um so everyone's comparing them but once you start giving to charity and you're sort of saying to yourself well i can't really compare myself to mr jones next door because i have no idea how much he's giving away to charity he might be giving some or none but but because i can't make that comparison because i want to give some away i want to help i can't compare myself to him and that's kind of breaking this kind of contract between you and the joneses next door and then when you say well of course i can't compare myself to them i'm not going to they might be giving they might not be and i think if we can start using pieces like giving to charity as a way to to stop our children um uh, uh comparing the, themselves to Joneses. And that's why I like this kind of blue tree kind of visualization as well, because you're saying, well, I've got this blue tree forest and there might be Joe Bloggs down the road who's got flashy cars and nice clothes and all the nice stuff, but he might not have any forests. And of course we can't see each other's forests. We, we, we shouldn't compare ourselves and trying to use all these little little bits, visualizations and tactics to, to break down the, the Joneses problem that we have. My uh, children are young adults now. I mean, my, my wife and I have been very, very conscious, as I'm sure, to be honest, most parents are, that children very much take their cues, if you like, from their parents. You know, what their parents do, how their parents react to things, um, you know, ha has has a huge influence on them. So, you know, we, 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 we all try or most of us try not to you know swear in front of our children we try not to get too stressed about things because this just rubs off on them doesn't it and they learn these behaviors and and presumably well there's no presumably about it and i'm sure that children uh, learn about money uh, fr from from how their parents talk about it and how their parents react to money yeah, and one of the interesting ones, you mentioned swearing then, but it's almost, with money, it's the, almost, like with swearing, almost the absence of swearing means that children pick up that it's a bad thing because <laughs> they'll hear it go, oh. and the same thing with money. If, if parents don't talk about money, they're like, they find it stressful and they're like, oh, we don't want to put any of this stress on our children. We're not going to talk about it. Children are going to pick up on that and think money is a bad thing. And we need children to be thinking about money in a positive light because the more that you're positive around something, the more you want to learn about it, the more you want to manage it. Whereas a lot of people say money's bad and shun away from it and therefore don't take the time to sort of learn or think about what they want to do with it. So we need, even when parents are struggling financially, potentially with their kids, try and use talking to your children about money as a catalyst or a point in time to say, right, I'm going to learn with my children about money. I'm going to sort of look at what I've done and try and put a positive spin, right? How did I get into this? What am I going to do to make sure my children don't go into that situation in the future? And what they're going to do to themselves. I'm, right, I'm, we need to all be saving some. So as a family, what should we do? So having a positive spin is so, so important. But knowing that for children, it's never too early to start looking after their money. And for, for parents and adults, it's never too late to start as well. So something that parents uh, typically do uh, is you know, take their um, ch children to the shops. You know, the the, the, the children tag along, um, you know, on the lo the uh, weekly grocery shop or whatever it is. So w what can parents be doing? What can they be saying? Maybe what questions can they be asking their children while they're doing that? 
Yeah, that's a great question because, as I mentioned earlier, we're moving into this kind of cashless society, so children aren't getting to touch or feel money. So parents have to be more proactive. And some of the bits is just asking kids about how much does something cost. Like you might think that the children are going around the shop and they're looking at the prices just as much as we are, but they're probably not. <laughs> and so we need to be proactive to say, well, how much do you think that shopping bill was once you're walking out of the supermarket? What do you think the most expensive thing was? Or how much do you think a particular item was? Again, this just helps children get an understanding about the value of different items, not just in absolute, but try and do it relative to, to different items. So what was more expensive, this or that, the, the donuts or the, or the grapes? Um, and so they start to get a flavor. One of the great exercises, which I did a post and it was someone did it a few years ago, is they went into a, a supermarket store and said to their children, right, here's five pounds, go around, try and get as much food as possible and we'll give it to the food bank. And so it's a great exercise. The kids loved it because they get to run around the supermarket. They get to look at all the prices and see how much they can make that five pounds go. Um, again, not, it's not practical for every time you go out, but just trying to find little teachable moments um, is so, so powerful. But also to make sure that your children know that when you're tapping the card or the phone or the watch, that they know a transaction is happening. And it's so, so obvious to us as adults for our children it's the same as getting some monopoly money out of the wallet and <laughs> and playing with that or touching because essentially it's like touching a button on a, a screen or a phone is like touching a button in their games and that's we've seen lots of instances where children are, are racking up loads of their parents money uh, on these games because they see just touching a button as touching a button on, on in the real world and we need to make that connection and, and be more proactive as to, to let children understand what's going on. Will, I, I love that uh, food bank idea. Um, and another very important lesson that children need to learn is that is that money needs to be earned, if you like. You know, you 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 know, you, it doesn't just grow on trees. Um, you know, we have to earn it. Um, uh, how do you get that across? Um, do you talk, for example, about you, your own work and and uh, and 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 what what uh, what a salary is and and uh, you know the linking that salary, if you like, to the to the effort that you're putting in? Yeah, no, that's something that's so so um, important, and why I I do recommend that parents look for ways in which their children can earn money, whether that's doing some extra chores like my personal view is children shouldn't get paid to, to make their bed or, or do some dishes but <laughs> like, quite exactly <laughs> but maybe doing yeah. uh doing some, something in the garden or washing your car something that you might otherwise pay someone else to do um yourself gets that but also children are fantastic at coming up with great ideas um for starting their own little businesses as well and whatever those little ways of earning it does help as you said gets them a, a concept of what hard work does it take to, to earn this amount of money? And then you put that to what we just talked about, how much something costs. So then you can kind of say, right, those donuts that we had, how much work does that? Because that's like you um, washing the car for three times to buy that book or that toy. And so even now, now I've released the book, I can say to my children when we're buying, saying, no, I need to now go and sell five more books uh, to pay for that. Uh, and it just, and, but even for adults, I think the more that we can start making that connection between the, the time or effort that we put in to, 
how much when we're spending because at the moment sometimes a lot of people do spend quite frivolously but when we say actually do you know that's half a day of solid work just for that one thing um we then start going okay <laughs> maybe i'll rethink about my spending well that leads very neatly on to my next question which is about pocket money um and uh, i absolutely agree with you you know um doing the washing up making your bed and so on uh helping around the house that is part of being in a family to be honest and and yes. you know uh i i i'm i'm not necessarily very repaying paying a, a a salary if you like for that um well, what are your thoughts on 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 pocket money so i believe that pocket money is the most underrated financial education tool there is i think all parents if they can afford to do so should look to try and give their children some pocket money from very much as young as four years old because it's all about building habits and if children only get pocket uh, only get some money um when they lose a tooth or birthdays or christmas it's quite sporadic and then it's really hard to form habits at that point. Whereas if they're getting some every week, they can make mistakes and they can learn from them, they can form habits. So as I said, saving just that 10p out of every pound, then that could be formed. But also it's the way of transferring responsibility from you to your children as they grow up. Essentially, we start with a child and they, they've got no responsibilities. And by the time they get to 18, we want them to have full responsibilities for their, their spending. And so what we can use pocket money for is a way of slowly transferring that over that, that kind of their childhood. So with my daughters, so they're nine and seven, we give them um, weekly pocket money. But we've said to them, You're only, we're only ever going to buy you toys on your birthday and Christmas. Any other toys that you want, you have to pay out of your pocket money. And that's fine. And we give and they, they save up, they choose which toys they want to buy, they save up and then they go to the shops and spend it. And as they get older, we'll start to transfer more responsibilities to them. So we'll say, right, maybe casual clothes. We're not going to buy you any more casual clothes, but we're going to give you a little bit extra pocket money. And so now you have to say, make decisions about that. So they might go and buy one nice T-shirt or five casual ones that they play around with. But they've, it's slowly, slowly growing. And then we might get to when they're sort of young teenagers, be saying, right, we're not going to start paying for this you need to find some way of <laughs> earning that money um, and so again what it's doing is just slowly slowly giving them a bit more responsibility of their money so when they get to 18 we're like huh, we're not giving you any money <laughs> but you've now they've budgeted they've learned they've made loads of mistakes with their pocket money as children will as when you they'll, you have especially you have siblings you'll have one that goes off and spends all the money straight away and the other one will uh, be a bit more pragmatic and, and spread it out but they'll they'll both learn their own ways of managing that money so yeah pocket money is, is just a great great tool and of course there's so much peer pressure isn't there that ch children uh, face um, and and that peer pressure only grows as they enter their teenage years certainly the experience that we had with with our own children is you know the pressures to spend money on 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 things uh is huge um what, what can parents do to help teenagers through that there's a couple of things on that one is having these having showing them that there's these other characters in the world so what they're seeing on social media and what they're going to see in terms of the, the peer pressure is what i call the rich <laughs> where they're, they're looking they've got nice things but we don't know what's behind that 
And so we don't know if they've got any trees or forests <laughs> savings behind that. And what we don't see on social media around that is people who have been saving. So like the, the millionaire next door <laughs> kind of mindset. So we need as parents to be able to teach our children that just because someone has a lot of nice things and there's pressure to go and spend doesn't mean that they're they're well off. It doesn't mean they might have no savings. They might be using debt. It depends on how old the child is. And so we need to make sure that they're aware of this. But then the, the other piece is just make sure that children know about what well, we're proactive about talking to our children about peer pressure and why it's there, how they don't get sucked into it and make sure that we kind of share each other's family values. So we can say, well, that's fine. Those children might have all that, but our family values giving money to charity or we value going on nice holidays rather than buying nice clothes. And it's sort of just trying to say, right, and trying to get the children to say, right, what, what's your values? What do you rate? And really does bring you happiness with that and trying to isolate that from what their friends are doing. And the more that they can do that and get comfortable with that, which is hard because we're all insecure beings, <laughs> but the more we can sort of talk to our children and say, well, what, in, in the future, what's your memories? What's your best memories? Is it when you had that nice T-shirt or is it that family holiday that you had? And And what about... At adolescence and, and sort of moving into adulthood, you know, maybe going to college, uh, starting work uh, for the first time, earning a salary, uh, leaving home. Um, that's a real challenge for um, for a young person. Um, I mean, just pure, you know, in, in so many ways, of course, but 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 financially, particularly, um, but also a, a really important learning opportunity. Again, what would your advice to to parents be debt is probably the biggest topic i would say i remember when i was 18 and left home to go to university i had i had no real idea about debt and i went to the freshers fair and there's one of the credit card companies when they're saying here's some, essentially in my mind it sounded like free money plus i get this free inflatable chair and i was like oh they're the best <laughs> um and I, and it's just I only have to pay this small amount back each month. And I was like, this is fantastic. This is going to be how luckily I, I, I did a bit more research and I didn't use the credit card extensively. But I, could, I knew others and I've heard so many stories. So we need to teach um, children or young adults at that time, make sure that they're going into that kind of part of their fully knowledgeable about the dangers of debt, but also just that if they use debt, they are essentially starting behind the line. We want our children to be building this kind of forests <laughs> mentally, but using debt means that A, you're not planting any seeds, but you're so far away from actually having any seeds to plant because you're going to have to give loads of your seeds away in the future to pay back this debt. And so I think that's the biggest one because we know that in the UK, we have a debt problem with sort of two thirds of adults uh, in debt, not, not including their mortgages. And that's a lot of that is because most people aren't fully aware of that those things. So that's one. And the other is about just getting their children to be patient. And I think it's just even from the youngest age, but from young adults, we need to let them know that the, the world is going to pay them off. <laughs> uh, it's going to reward them if they are patient. Um, and if they aren't patient, then at that time, they're going to be targeted with scams. As we know, there's a, a huge increase in the number of scams targeting young people, gambling and, and again, debt is another one which all seems that we can get something 
for nothing in the short term and we'll think about the, the long term later whereas yeah the more we can teach our children that patience is what they need young adults they need to be patient it might be a bit rubbish <laughs> they might feel oh, i don't want to eat beans on toast again and my pot noodle again but if they do and save diligently then they're going to be handsomely rewarded uh, in the long term something that uh, horrified me um, but particularly when when my son was uh, i suppose just entering six form that that sort of age he'd come back and he'd tell me about friends of his um, who would spend 50 100 150 pounds a week uh, gambling on football results uh, you know, sports betting, if if you like, and that absolutely horrified me because you know, <laughs> frankly, I, you know, I, even if I had that kind of money to to sort of spend frivolously every week, uh, you know, I I I wouldn't dream of gambling it, uh, and th- th- that has that has moved on, hasn't it? I think in the last couple of years towards financial speculation we, we're seeing the the growth of um you know these cryptocurrencies for example and these uh, so-called zero commission trading sites and of course a lot of young people have got into this kind of financial speculation if you like um since the uh since the, the crash of march 2000 uh to march 2000 march 2020 i should say uh, brought on by uh, the pandemic. And we've seen this really remarkable, but very surprising in many ways, uh, re- recovery in, in, um, in, 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 in asset prices. Um, and, and young people think they're kind of stock-picking geniuses, financial gurus, if you like. Um, and, and this is very worrying, isn't it? It is. It's really worrying. And it comes down to this last point about patience. We need to teach our children that money can't be made quickly without luck and we don't want to base our future wealth and future financial well-being on on being lucky i know there's always going to be little elements of it but you don't want it to be the main piece so we need that and so i teach my children about investing in the stock market and using passive funds and just because i want them to see that from a young young age they can see the stock market going up and down and they'll see the bumps. So when they become adults, they kind of see, all right, that's the way money does grow. And But also I get a bit worried when I see uh, other people talking about children and investing and they have these kind of games where it's like, oh, let's have an investing game, right? You pick five stocks and you see how you get on. I think that's just like, why not teach them to pick five horses and see which <laughs> which one comes out? Which, because they're going to be, if they do well, they're going to be overconfident. And if they do bad, poorly, they're going to probably be put off. And neither of those are a good outcome. So we need to teach children how wealth is built sustainably over the long term. And the younger we can teach them that and show that time does does pay, then by the time they become adults, they won't get so much excited about, oh, look, short term, I can, make, I can become, get 300% in the next three months, as I saw in one of my inboxes the other day. Uh. Well, uh, and, and the time scale on these stock picking games is so ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, so, sometimes they last just a term. Uh, you know, a, a, every year the 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 the, the telegraph, I mean, admittedly not for children, but the, the telegraph has has a, a, a you know be your own fund manager competition. You know, we all know, Will, that or anyone who 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 
he knows knows anything about um, you know the stock markets and 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 equity uh, performance and so on uh, knows that that uh, anything less than you know ten years really at the, the bare minimum is really just kind of random noise. Um, so um, you 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 encourage them. Uh, and I'm really pleased to hear that to, to invest in in, uh, in or or at least think about index funds. Do, did you actually get them to 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 put their money in 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 index funds as well? Yeah, so we've been doing it on their behalf um, since they've been very very young, and so we've been telling them what we've been doing. And they every time they get some pocket money or any money, they can choose how much they want to put in to uh, top up how much they invest. And yeah, they're both really interested in it. Um, they don't sit there looking at individual stocks, etc. But they know what investing is. So we, whilst we don't pick individual companies, I, we're, I remember when my eldest was seven, we we're in McDonald's in Hong Kong, and I was like, you know that you own a piece of this McDonald's, and those people buying the burgers, some of that money is yours. And they just changed their whole mindset. They, from a young young age, they've got this ownership mindset rather than just a pure consumer mindset, and. Therefore, when they do save, they get that buzz of knowing that more of those burgers are going towards their their their, their blue trees. Yeah, and and also, I suppose, encouraging children now and and, and young people uh, to 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 invest sensibly in 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 sort of um, you know broadly diversified funds, not 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 just giving them a sense of ownership, but but also. A, a responsibility so if for example a, a company that they own is doing something that you know they don't approve of um you know for environmental or social or whatever reasons um then then actually to take an interest in in that and and actually to try to do something about it yeah no it's fantastic and my, my kids are learning all about the environmental and social side of things and Remember, my, my daughter joined me for to a corporate workshop recently, and we, I was saying, oh, we invest uh, in thousands of different companies for my kids. And my daughter sort of chipped in, not any ones that sell guns or do drugs or harm the environment. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> she's really passionate about that and feels really good about what she's doing. Excellent. So financial education provision for, for, for young people. Again, it's a, it's a big subject, but briefly, Will, what would you like to see? Would you like to see more financial education in schools? And if so, what kind of lessons? My personal view is the focus has to be on parents teaching their kids about money. And so we need more anyone who has uh, access to so companies, uh, financial advisors, asset managers, etc., providing education materials to help parents teach their children. And that's because whilst I think it's fantastic that there are charities going into schools and teaching children directly about money, if those children then learn something and then go home and see the parents doing something differently, that can be a bit confusing. But also money is all about actions and it's very hard for schools to help children form actions. They can provide the knowledge, but not like the behaviors and habits. And that's why parents can do that with pocket money and um, having those little teachable moments on an ongoing basis um, and, and in a real world context. So I think more should be done at schools for that knowledge, but we need more and more about parents uh, getting that education, but also helping kids form those actions. And so 
I'd encourage any kind of financial institution to, to really think about how they can help the parents that they, they interact with uh, teach their children, whether that's providing uh, resources, videos, books, yeah. <laughs> um, to help children and parents learn together. Well, th this has been a really interesting discussion to be honest well I, I i wish i'd had uh th this conversation when i was a <laughs> when i was a new parent to be honest uh maybe maybe you could just finish with uh, and sorry to put you on on the spot a little bit but possibly a you know a single actionable tip if you like that uh you know any parents listening to this podcast can take away and uh and 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 use that tip to help teach their children about money what what would it be yeah i'll go back to the one that i mentioned earlier and that's every time your children get some money get them to save just a little bit doesn't matter how small it is just get them taking that action and do it every single time and they'll become a saver and as you've written in your book <laughs> uh robin the more it's about how much you save and once they start saving they can then grow that money and they have that security if there's emergency uh, and they're going to less likely use debt and so it's just found it's just the foundation you need to save just a little bit every time absolutely right and if i could add a uh, second tip listeners it would be to buy will's book just a reminder will uh, of the, the the title of your book and how can people buy it so the book's called grandpa's fortune fables um it's for age, reading age 7 to 13, but great for parents to read with younger children. And I encourage all parents to, to read it with your children. It's available on Amazon. Um, and it's in either Kindle version or paperback or and even hardback. Um, if you are looking to buy multiple copies, um, so five plus, then please come to my website, which is bluetreesavings.com. And on there, you can get a discount for bulk orders. And if you're going to buy some for schools, uh, there's a, an even bigger discount, which you can find on the website. You've been listening to me, Robin Powell, interviewing Will Rainey on the Tebby podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to it. Better still, why not write a review? Thank you to Regis Media for producing and funding this podcast. Thank you to Will Rainey. And most of all, as always, thank you to you for listening. Until next time, goodbye.